when it comes to what I remember of alcohol back when I was a kid, um, the first 10, 11 years of my life, my mother, she was with my sister's father, and he raised me since I was one. He was the dad that I knew my biological father had died actually the day I was born from a drunk driver. So with that being said, that is what I knew it, it could cause accidents, right? But in, in my growing up and seeing it in my environment, my parents were not alcoholics. They didn't drink, they didn't smoke weed or do any type of drugs. They were very, very successful in their business. And if I saw them with a beer once in a while or a drink, it was really, you know, celebratory. Maybe they had an event or a get together, something in that matter. And I never seen anything get crazy when it came to alcohol. Uh, when they divorced, when they separated, when I was 11 or so, that's when it shifted. It was like a snap of a finger. My my dad, my stepdad, he was drinking kind of around the clock, but I really only ever saw him drink beer. It wasn't hard liquor or anything like that. Um, and he had a successful business, so he continued to function, but he definitely was drinking beer a lot more. My mother, she started, she became a bartender and she was in that scene and she started drinking and hanging out with her friends and i seen it more um i could understand that it was an escape i could tell my parents were hurting in some sense i had a younger sister and so i kind of stepped in that role of like oh i have to protect her from whatever i'm seeing so whatever i could do at the age of 11 uh to do that and i I just paid attention to them in that sense, but it was like, oh, okay, this is what you do when you're sad, um, because it would never got too bad, I guess you can say. And then as I continued to grow up in my high school years, it just continued to get worse. I was then allowed to drink with them. And of course, at that time, I didn't think that was a bad thing. Oh, my mom's cool. My friends thought my parents were cool because my dad's house was kind of the party house. On the weekends, the kids would come over, high school kids, we would all hang out and party and I thought it was like a cool thing to be able to have right at that age. Um, but I did understand that they weren't, it wasn't just celebratory anymore, that it was a day to day thing or every other day or however, you know, you want to put it. And it was more the negative side of it with my mother. Um, unfortunately, you know, I could, there's been a few times where I had watched her stumble in the house or, you know, she may have gotten into a fight with somebody. Um, so there was altercations that were coming up, but again, it was almost just a daily medicated situation where we just learned to function under the influence of something. And it was just enough to take the edge off. And so that part I think instilled in me and I learned how to adapt to that very quickly. And it just became so normal to, Hey, if someone's drinking at two o'clock in the afternoon, so like they're up out of bed, they're not living under a bridge or anything like that. You know, that's what I considered alcoholism. If you like have lost everything behind it, but if you're still functioning, you don't have a problem, even though there was very much a problem underneath the surface. Yeah, I never viewed my mother in a negative way in that sense at that time, nor did I even understand if anyone else did. Like growing up, especially as a kid, it's like your, your circle's so little. And then 20 years ago, there's no social media. There's no live, like real time recording of other individuals. So I just had my little bubble of the few adults, the kids, and that was that. And so based off of that, everyone was doing it. So in my eyes, that was normal. Um, but there were times where, you know, I remember one time specifically where she, she would get angry sometimes when she would drink too, 
to an extent where she's like ready to fight and things like that. And I remember being young and they're, they're trying to help her take her shoes off and she's just fighting me back on it. And just certain situations like that, that really, really bothered me. Um, she was, she could be very, um, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? She's very, she could be very flirty. My mother is very independent and strong, I guess, has a personality like no other, you know, it, it, to a degree, at least 20 years ago. And when she walked in a room, she kind of demanded that attention. And it was very, um, a little like promiscuous in the tone of her voice. And, and I, I would realize that and I see my mother was is beautiful and men would were attracted to her and I don't think I associated it so much with the drinking or drugging or anything like that. It was definitely part of who she is, but I definitely think that played a mist of it because there was always something involved, some type of drug or alcohol. So can you relate to anything that I said in regards to my childhood? I know we kind of grew up differently. Did you see that in your own parents? No, I didn't. My mom didn't other than Walmart she didn't really have any vices so she never smoked she never really drank like that when she was with my godmother who's like her best friend like yeah that we would turn up they would turn up but we never really I don't even remember seeing bottles of alcohol like that when we were younger and my mom never had it around the house or anything like that she was very straight edge and focused she didn't start to drink more or drink I guess socially around me until I turned like 21. And then I was bringing the drinks in the house and because we're connoisseurs of fine things, from food to drinks, it's like, I would be like, hey mom, you ever try this bottle of wine? Let's try this, it has notes of you know elderberry and all this, and that's how it would start to go. We were just enjoying trying things, because that's what we do. We go to random restaurants and leave Yelp reviews. Like yeah. That's fun for us. <laughs> so that's when the alcohol started to kick up. But prior to that, my mom never really drank. Yeah, I could. I, I, and that's what I was saying in the beginning. It's like the first 10, 11 years of my life, like I seen my parents with no vices except for maybe a Halloween party. They had some beers or something. But my mother didn't smoke cigarettes. She didn't drink. She didn't do drugs. My dad didn't either. It was very clean cut. They had a successful business. Me and my sister were running around with them all day long. We were never in daycare. We kind of had that picture perfect little family. And then when it just dropped, it just dropped. And it was a shocker to me. And I don't think I even knew how to process that. Yeah. I never, I can't relate to the aspect of it dropping as much as maybe it dropping on me. Mm -hmm. Because once, I often, and I will continue to, blame the culture for a lot of this stuff. Absolutely. Just based off what I said to you alone with my mom not drinking, it's not like I was associated with it. So where did this urge come from? Well, it's a cultural norm. Prom weekend, we're going to get drunk. In high school, you're going to get drunk. Like, what? I was in the eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade, and what were we singing? I'm going to buy you a drink. Like, what? We in the bed, like, ooh. Oh, oh, you don't even know what they say until you get older. And you're like, wait, we in the bed? Like, I didn't realize that until like <laughs> last year. I was pregnant when that song came out. <laughs> we in the bed? Like. <laughs> so it was always a thing. Even like, pit, I remember Pitbull, uh, shot, 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 Jagabombs. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and, and I had to try it all as a connoisseur and find things. I had to try them all once I got to a certain age and I could. So in high school, it was like I knew we were going to drink. The first time I drank, which we talked about the last episode, was I was like 17, so it was about junior year. After that, I didn't drink again until prom weekend. 
And even on prom weekend, it was like, I was fake drunk. It was the strangest thing. I was in charge of getting the alcohol and I put myself in charge of that and I did. I picked all the drinks, I brought them and we began to partake and it was like, I wasn't drunk enough. And I was disappointed with myself for not being drunk enough because that's not what it looks like on TV. And then mind you, even down to High School Musical, which doesn't have drinking in it, no. But the actors were in their 20s playing high school students. So in your mind, everything is blurred as to where exactly you fall on this. Like, oh, my boobs aren't big enough yet. Like, you're not even there yet. Oh, I don't have hips because the girls on TV in my age. Exactly. (laughs) And that's perfectly normal. I'm just now getting some hips, you know? And I might have had to pay for them, to be honest. (laughs) So that's, you know? And it's so interesting that we're talking about this because I pulled up the information from the CDC and it says nearly half adult women report drinking alcohol in the past 30 days. Approximately 13% of adult women report binge drinking. So I'm pretty sure by definition, binge drinking is doing it more than like three times a week. I actually think, uh, or not think, you could pull that up too, is Mm -hmm. that if a woman has more than five to six drinks in a week that's considered too much and a man is eight i believe it's it, it's pretty low though and i used to look at that number and like um i literally had seven drinks last night and i'm ready to go again binge drinking is defined as consuming five or more drinks on occasion for men and four or more on occasion for women most people who binge drink are not dependent on alcohol. Those who don't binge drink or who do? Most people who binge drink are not dependent on alcohol. Because remember, there's the genetic aspect of dependency and then there's the your body's response to just having it all the time. Mm-hmm. I call bullshit. <laughs> Why? Because on occasion, five, four or five drinks for a woman or you know, up to seven or eight for a man on occasion, like that's not realistic. Um, Most people could literally have a beer or a glass of wine every single night, one, Mm -hmm. and that's seven in a week, and and that would consider a woman, you know, binge drinking or over drinking to some extent. And I wouldn't necessarily consider that binge drinking. I look at binge drinking having a multitude of drinks, and and it could be four or five. I think it's kind of where you're at, like how much alcohol you have. gotten used to drinking and what your body can handle but four or five drinks maybe in a night every single day Mm -hmm. or to the extent of maybe blacking out Mm -hmm. you know that number could could fluctuate depending on the person your body weight how much you drink how often you drink all of those things but to just put a number on and say in occasion four or five drinks you're considered binge drinking and then what was that last part there or that that most people who binge drink are not dependent on alcohol and I think that's actual, that's BS as well, because that's something I've dealt with with myself because I never felt the need to drink every single day really until the last few years going through the trauma that I was dealing with. I couldn't handle it, but I could, I could easily go a week or two without drinking. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem. But when I drank, I drank, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I mm-hmm. could drink a whole bottle of wine. And I think I, I look at people who post online, a lot of women joke around and will uh, post like that meme with a really big wine glass. Yep. And they'll say, oh, it's just one glass of wine, mm-hmm. right? And it's like 50 ounces. It's probably like two bottles worth that you could fit in this big cup. Yeah. And I think we try to normalize drinking a lot yes. and more people are binge drinking than, than what's 
um, being reported. It goes further to say, for women, binge drinking is four or more drinks consumed on one occasion. So one occasion is considered over two to three hours. So four or, five, or four or more drinks over the course of two to three hours. That sounds a There's also excessive. a statistic as well where um, for the amount of alcohol that you drink, so either a two-ounce shot of liquor, four ounces of wine, one, one beer, it, for you to drink that, by the time you have finished it, it takes one hour for every drink for it to, or excuse me, four hours for every drink to process through your body. So even when it comes to like having a DUI, um, if you have one drink, they literally are telling you wait four hours before you drive because it will show up in your in your uh, system. However, mm -hmm. let's say you have four or five drinks. It mm -hmm. doesn't mean, let's say you throw them back, back to back, in four hours they're all gone. No, it will literally be 16 hours later. That's why we wake up with hangovers. That's Ooh. why we wake up feeling jittery. That's why, because it's now just leaving our system at the long run. And that is why you could drive 12 hours later, still get arrested for a DUI because it's in our system. Wow. And I know fun that for that. <laughs> well, take note of that, everybody, because yeah. that just blew me away. And it makes so much sense. So for every drink, four hours for your body to process that alcohol and remove it. Wow. Mm -hmm. This episode is sponsored by Jacalo. We are the number one luxury brand that empowers you to be yourself. So join the movement and rock the motto at Jacalo9.com. Also, follow us at Jacalo underscore nine on all social media platforms. We'll see you there. Heavy drinking for women is eight drinks or more per week, according to the CDC. I've been a heavy drinker then forever. <laughs> Me too. I never wasn't. We was we were having three to four drinks before we left the house. Right, car bar. Yeah. I, it takes an hour to do my makeup, so I'm probably going to have two drinks in that time period. That only makes sense. I'm waiting for my ride, so I'm probably going to have another one. We're going to get together and drink probably about two or three. On the way to the club. Yeah, on the way to the club. Then we're going to sit in the parking lot and chill because we more lit in the car than the club We is. need to, that long line, we need to still be intoxicated before they even let us in. And we're probably going to stand in line for a while, you know, yep. depending. And it's, and it's cold outside. We got to drink more to stay warm. And then by the time we get in, we're going to need to have another drink just to re-up to get back to the level we were at in the car. True. And then Shorty going to buy me a drink because <laughs> right. that's what he do. That's what these brothers do. And then the other Shorty going to see him buy me one. He going to buy me one too. How many drinks is that? Somebody count how many drinks that was, because we lit. And what's funny is, is like a lot of women go out every single weekend looking for just that. They are willing to be intoxicated for like an eight-hour period to see how many free drinks they can get from a man. And not even have real interest in them. They just like the idea of the attention, the idea that someone is spending money on them and like boosting them up. Alcohol gives you that liquid courage. So you think you're probably a 10 when you're probably really like a five, yeah. you know, but that liquid courage will have you out here in the in faces of men and just wanting them to buy you alcohol, just wanting you to wanting to dote on you. And one, you're probably not even worth it Two, You're not really standing behind I want to say every woman, majority of women, don't have the values and the morality behind it because what they're going out to do, it's not even to have a good time anymore. It's not even to just go out with my girlfriends and, like, let's just have fun and talk and have a drink and mm -hmm. relax. They have a motive. It's intentional. Like, we're going to go out. We're going to be those, you know, A girls at the bar or whatever. We're going to use our, our looks or our tenacity or whatever we have in us to get what we want out of a man. That is the motive in this time right now in 2023. I'm glad that you brought it up because she, she, the lady that she just described, she was me. Yeah. All the way. Yeah. 
all the way. What? I'm not saying that I counted my worth in guys buying me drinks, but I did count my outfits worth on it. Like, all right, I'm going to put this on and I'm going to, quote, kill the club. And then depending on how many drinks I got, like, we already had bottles in the car. I can buy my own drinks. But it was validating mm-hmm. to have men do it for me. And then it was then again back to the aspect of control. It would be me and my girlfriend, and if you're going to buy me a drink, you're going to buy her one, too. And I got so much control <laughs> that you're going to do it because that's what you're supposed to do. Like, that was who I was. Yeah. And it's ironic that now, looking back of all those years of drinking, and it's all on my Snapchat, Lord. It's on a few people's Snapchats, but the saved videos, when they come back up now, I'm like, yo, you were tr- Trash. Like, this is cringy. You were so drunk. Like, the personality is A1, but I don't understand what you're saying right now. You're slurring, my G. Like, it got real bad. Yeah, yeah, and I don't exempt myself from that. I mean, I definitely, when it came to my my homegirls, my friends, and stuff like that, like, shoot, go find your own man to buy you a drink. This one's on me type of deal, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I really wasn't big on another man having to spend money on my friends or anything, and I Mm -hmm. didn't go with the intent of a man spending money on me. Mm -hmm. But, oh, you wanna buy me a drink? Bet, like, I'm so down to have a drink, you know? And I definitely had the friends like, oh, is he gonna buy me a drink? Girl, no, buy. Like, there's a whole club. (laughs) Go figure it out. Oh, no. No. What? No, we're grown. If you could buy, (laughs) what did Jay-Z say? What did Jay-Z say? If you can't buy it twice, you can't afford it. But what's, let's- Straight like that. Let's unpack that then. Why do you think it's necessary for a man to buy you and your friend a drink when he's interested in you? Why does he have to pay double just to get your attention? I think it shows a level of chivalry that you would buy too. Like I came with her. I came with her. So if especially you if she right there, angel. I'm not saying now, <laughs> I'm not saying if he doesn't do it, I'm gonna be like, oh, get away from me. No, I'm still gonna take my drink and we still gonna have a conversation. But to me, you put yourself in a different realm when you buy two. It just looks different. And what's crazy is, in order to talk to me, now that I'm sober, the price to talk to me is going to cost you more than two drinks. And you know what's crazy is that women are walking into these clubs thinking you are literally the only person that man has approached. So if he has to buy you and your friends a drink, for every girl he's like, hey, you're cute or you're beautiful, what's going on, you want to go dance with me, you want to go have this drink, the audacity behind us women Mm -hmm. to think that, oh, well, I am that B, I'm the one, and he only wants me, and there's no one who can can Mm -hmm. even reach this level where I'm at. So yeah, buy me and my friend a drink. If that was the case, that would make sense. I don't think I I ever looked at it that way and just... I, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I am that I am that B. Mm-hmm. I've been have my own things. I don't depend on men for anything at all, including my daddy. What about I for get validation? My own. Exactly, yeah. but that's hey, that's an emotional thing. That's mm-hmm. we go to therapy for that. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, in live time, if you want my attention, I have certain expectations, and because I got a bottle in the car. I got a wallet full of money right here. Like you coming over to talk to me, you're inconveniencing me. Coming so why over he even here. gotta buy you a drink at all then? That's the least you should do. Cause you coming over here inconveniencing me. I'm with my girlfriend. You see, I'm with, and I treat my shorties like they're my girlfriends. But, like, but is it an inconvenience or is that the exact reason why you went out? Nah, it's definitely not the exact reason I went out. <laughs> I went out to be seen. That's free. You 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 wanted to just go out to be seen? Damn right. Okay, you did not want one man approaching you. Be like, hey, what's up? It didn't make Can a I break get you it. this drink? Can I buy you a drink? I don't think that it made or break it. I, I really don't think so. Really? It, it would happen, so maybe I take that for granted because it happened a lot, but I never, I 
It was more about being seen. I say when I leave the house, I'm going out to kill the club, which means they're going to look at me. Mm -hmm. That's it. No, Everything and I can relate that. to that because I've always kind of held myself up to this bar like, I don't have to, I don't, I don't need a man to yeah. pay for anything. And I didn't. And I think that's part of the culture too, especially right now. So many women are running around screaming, I don't need a man, and then expect a man to provide all their needs. Well, hold on. Let's slow down <laughs> right there. What I don't need is a man to buy me a drink. Even in my, in my addiction, I didn't need that. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. But men are crucial and I will never take that away from a man that's not who I am that mentality you could keep that that doesn't do anybody any good I need a man I don't take out my own trash Absolutely. I don't I do not and I refuse to do it I'm not gonna do it there's certain things that we need men for and there's certain things that we need women for that's how I feel about it and I'll take the hate call me traditional if you want to I'm cool because wait till you see the future I need a man period and I agree with it, uh, and from a majority standpoint, majority of women, what we see on social media, what is being pushed in society mm -hmm. is city girl. Yeah. Th that's, the, that's what it is. I a don't city girl. resonate with Let's that. Let's ha have our booties out, go to the club, shake it a little bit for that drink or two. Maybe we'll hop on someone's live at a booth that we didn't even pay for. We're just going to walk by and pretend we're there the and stumble out drunk because we probably didn't sip on everyone's drink from the bathroom to the end of the club. Y'all do that? No, I'm saying. That's how you get herpes. I'm saying in, re <laughs> no, I'm saying that's how you in get regards herpes, to getting drinks, you right? Know, bottle service. Hey, can I get a drink out that bottle? Girl, I was that girl. More than 30% of people got Herpes, y'all. Herpes simplex one and two. Oh, chill. Don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't drink out nobody else's No, drink. I'm saying going by the by the tables. You're telling me, you, girl, I don't walk yeah, myself not... right into the mix of it. Standing no. on couches with friends thinking I paid for all of it. No. Drinking from all of it. No. All of it. And I would own it, too. My girlfriends can attest to that. I don't. Mm -mm, no. Why not? No. If I didn't actually get it myself, I wasn't doing that. That's not who I am. Oh, I grew that's up in Vegas. I, I don't know. Vegas, that's what it was. Those parties like that. So when that. I go to the club, and this was like late 20s, in my late 20s, after my divorce, that's when my partying really started. Mm -hmm. Like when I got a divorce and I was that single woman for the first time in my life, and I'm trying to embrace this new chapter of my life, and I don't know what that looks like, but guess what? Now I don't got to sit at home and drink just my wine with my kids because now they have visitation with their dad Friday, Saturday nights. Mm. Now I have a sense of freedom I never had before, ever. So Friday, Saturday night, I would make sure that, yes, I'm stepping out. Oh, I'm that girl. I'm going to mm. make sure I look cute and mm. all these things and go ham. And then by the time my kids would come home, they didn't know. Yeah. Like, And I kind of played that for a while. I was good at that because I would keep it separate. But at the end of the day, it's like when we go out, most females, and we're just speaking from our perspective, but the majority of women, especially now, that is what they are seeking. Yeah. They are seeking validation. They want a man to pay for everything that they are about. And if they don't, God forbid, mm -hmm. they don't do that, and they just mm -hmm. actually want to talk to you mm -hmm. and get to know you, you women think that's simping. Women think that it, that's a weak man. We don't condone any of this that she's talking about. I know it's very culturally what you're saying is spot on. I don't condone any of that. And anybody who's followed me for years and years, you know, that's not my character. My mother didn't Absolutely. raise me like that, period. I was not raised like that. Like, I've, I've actually been reprimanded by my girlfriends for entertaining dudes that I knew weren't going to get further than just talking to me. It had nothing mm -hmm. to do with the drink. I'm just a nice person. And sometimes, sometimes you need a little confidence. These dudes, confidence, like, especially black men, like, y'all are not gassed up like y'all need to be. 
I, I don't feel that way. So it's like sometimes their confidence lacks. So sometimes I let somebody who I know I'm not going to go nowhere with talk to me just to gas him up a little bit, give him a little couth about himself. Like, I don't even give him the number. I've given dudes my number with no intention, just out of respect for like, okay, we'll try again next time. It's okay. You knew, you knew it was a reach when you came over here, brother. So, so think about that. That guy, right? And not just with you, but there's so many of that. That guy who grew the balls mm -hmm. to walk up to a woman mm -hmm. that he has no idea, he thinks she's beautiful, he is probably, I'm not a guy, I don't know, but he's mm -hmm. in his mind like, dang, is she gonna reply? Is she gonna want me to talk to her, give me my, her number, all these things. He goes up and he talks to you mm -hmm. and you actually respond. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh my gosh, she actually likes me, okay. I got her number. Mm -hmm. And then you ghost him. What's the problem there? Try again. You think that's you gonna gotta keep fishing, <laughs> and now I do believe they should fishing. be out there doing all yeah, that, but women should not be intentional of taking that number. It's like deny them right then, be like, you know what, I appreciate the compliment, but I'm just not interested. And I bet you a man will respect that more because he'd be like, oh, okay, cool, and he off to the next. But he could have been fixated, like, yo, I got Dominay's number, I don't even need to talk to no other female here because she the one. And then you ghosted him, and now he wasted a whole weekend when he could have got old girl from over here that was maybe actually attracted to him. True, but old girl wasn't on my level. Old girl gotta do something, and I hate to say it like that. He came over here, something about me attracted him. What, what you want me to do? If they meant to be, he'll be back around. <laughs> I'm lying. If they meant to be, they'll cross paths again. I didn't take nothing from Shorty. I gave the man confidence. So when he see you, if he thought he could bag me and even got the number, when he see you next time, he gonna come crazy strong. Like, I got it, what? Right. I got it and on it, me this time. And she again, gonna it deny goes me. back. You're not the only one doing that though, mm -hmm. right? I wasn't the only one doing certain things. It's mm -hmm. not just from our perspective. As a whole, women are going out there doing it with that intention. Men also, there's so many men that are having issues, self, um, self-esteem issues, yeah, things sure. like that when it comes to women, because now, you know, like I said, so many women, whether we condone it or not, the majority of women with this society right now is placing so many expectations on a man. You got to be six foot, have six inches, six figures, Yo. do all these things. <laughs> you got to be able to come up, talk to me, look good doing mm -hmm. it, spend all your money in the first 10 minutes, or I think you are nothing. And because of that, all we got to do is what? Walk in and be cute? Like, because our value so much is placed on our beauty, right? With yes. Rightfully so. We yeah. can. That is, a, that is something that women have that men don't. We could walk in a room, and if we're just a, a solid five, we're going to get attention, and I can bet you we could find someone to go home with if that was our intention. Mm -hmm. A man, that's not it. He got to go get the table, the bottle service. He got to walk in looking good, wearing name brand, have a crew with him for you and your girls so she can drink too, mm -hmm. do all these things, and then maybe, maybe get you home if we, if we get you drunk enough. That's a solid point. That's a solid point. And I don't condone that six foot thing either. Most of my dudes be my height. I've even dated a shorty. Like, solid 5'11". Cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a height <laughs> requirement. I don't have a height requirement, a color requirement. I have an energy requirement, a mentality requirement, and a heart, um, how do you say, what is it called? Your heart stance, your heart posture requirement. But I can feel that when I talk to you. Like, I know... I know when dudes are with it or not. Oh, and I have a pull your pants up requirement, yo. Cause it's 2023. You spent all that money on a Gucci belt. I bought my first Gucci belt. That shit cost me $550. Pull your pants up. You let the belt do the work. $550. You can't hold it. Sorry. I just want to throw that out there. I even put that on my dating profile. Like if you sleep with your dog in the bed, you smoke cigarettes, 
or you uh, are sagging your pants, I can't do it. It literally says when it. Was check, that check you, my Tinder. When was that your requirement? No, that's my whole life. That's okay. bare minimum. Ooh, can I, can I mention something? Yeah. Okay. So you had those requirements. Yeah. Smoking. Yeah. No dog in the bed. And what was the other uh-uh. one? And pull your pants up. Okay. So you smoked black and miles. I did. Uh-huh. You got cats and your ass out. Bo- booty out. So, and, and again, it's not just you directed right to you, right? Uh-huh. It's not that you may have even understood that there was something wrong with it, but mm-hmm. you set these expectations on a man, a man mm-hmm. and you're literally doing all of them on your own. But then telling a man like, don't be like me, you better be better, you ain't on my level. Absolutely. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's where the self-reflection comes back and is like, first of all, if mm-hmm. I have expectations on a man, I better be able to meet my own. Mm-hmm. Like I, and, and that's where that comes in at and where alcohol plays a part because you get liquid courage, you, your mind kind of goes out of the way. Like you, have, you don't get the clarity and you're in a fog and it's just kind of messy, right? I and agree. you allow yourself to make the excuses to do mm-hmm. dumb shit. I agree. I'm allowed to cuss. Okay. To do dumb shit. Uh-huh. And... That is the problem with women. So mm-hmm. there now on the flip side, we have a mm-hmm. lot of expectations as a woman. Mm-hmm. We are a man's rib, right? So mm-hmm. to say, and we are the ones that are nurturing and caring. We bear the children, we raise the children, we keep the home and all these things. And that's a job in its own, mm-hmm. okay? And then we gotta look good doing it. God forbid mm-hmm. we gain a few pounds or have a stretch mark sometimes, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a lot of expectations placed on women. And I think women, we are in this place like, yo, we right now we're all fighting for equality yeah. and equal in the sense of respect given and, and rights as a human being yes. should be equal. But men and women are not equal no. because if someone was to break in my house in the middle of the night, I'm calling my dude. I'm exactly. calling a man. Are you exactly. going to go downstairs? Because you tell me to go downstairs. This will be the last time you stay the night here. Yeah, or you, you, well, We're going to have a problem. We need to talk. That's real. So it's like immediately, I'm not equal. You're stronger. You're bigger. You're better. You're going to handle this situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when it comes to providing, yes, we can go out there and get our bag and everything like that. But the first thing, we want a man who makes more. He needs to be the main source of providing. So women are out here screaming to the world this feminist movement that they don't need a man and they can do it all on their own and yes we can we can do it by ourselves we're not gonna be happy those same chicks are going home at night with that bag cuddled up crying Mm -hmm. wishing a man would hold them wishing a man could pay that water bill wishing that man could maybe fill up her tank and it it doesn't even matter if she's making six figures or six dollars an hour it doesn't even matter anymore because it is what a man gives us you know, and, and that is what we need is that is that guidance from a man and being able to provide for us. And that says because providing is more than just money. Providing mm-hmm. is um, security. leadership, security, uh, support. protection, support, mm-hmm. le- you know, all of those things. And then, of course, money, you know, to take care of us. But usually back in the day, it had to do with a man keeping his wife and children at home. She didn't work and we could live off of one income. Right. So a man provided what she cared. We are in this time where it is extremely hard to live off of one income. You got to be making a certain amount. And God forbid you throw some kids and a wife or a spouse in there. That's really hard to live off the average income. And I think most people are making maybe what 50 grand a year on average can't live off that. So the woman got to go work. But that doesn't mean, you know, it shifts the dynamic on who is the leader in the household or anything like that. And that goes into society because we can single it out to our household, but that's happening across households across America right now. So yeah.
That's real. And you know what you said about the whole smoking black and milds and all that? That's real. And I actually, I was like low-key offended for like two seconds. And I was like, nah, she right though. But that goes back to why I stopped doing all that. And that's how you know it's never too late to change yourself. Like the fact of the matter was, and this is really my testimony, I had my head in the toilet puking my brains out. And God was like, yo, are you tired of this yet? And I was like, listen, I'll say anything to you to get my head out of this toilet and get me back into bed. And he was like, well, if you want to be who I know, who we both know that you are, and you want to get up off this floor, I need you to go get some help. And I was like, man, all right, all right, I'll do whatever. Just get me off this floor. And I passed out that day. A few weeks went by, and that's when I had started looking into rehabs and such. And if you remember, when I was in rehab, I was there for nicotine and alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I can say that as long as I haven't had a drink is the same amount of time I haven't smoked a black and mild. So praise God. Right. I even stopped using nicotine patches since September because, like, it wasn't adding up. So I actually really respect what you said because it's true. It's true. And I do I do have high demands, but I also have a lot to contribute, and we both know that. And that's the deal is that women expect society, men and other women, to cater to us. Yeah. We're not allowed to hurt each other's feelings. Yeah. We're allowed to excuse everything if we're upset, if we've done something wrong. We uh, Society has created this cushion for women yeah. to be like, oh, okay, because we're the softer ones, right? And even in that itself, like, you may feel offended, but that's the thing. When we have a problem, we yeah. need to get offended. Yeah. We need to feel something different than that pat on the back, like, oh, it's going to get better next time. Go ahead. You want to drink while you're at it? Trauma and, and or anything, it doesn't even have to be severe trauma. That stuff don't mix. Yeah. It just does not mix. So in order to be able to actually start healing, moving forward, you have to look at yourself in the mirror. You got to get offended. You got to mm -hmm. let someone else talk, shut up, and listen to what they have to say because how they say it is what you need to hear. All right, girl, so what are we sipping on today? Oh, I need a daggone sip the way you just gave it to me. <laughs> Let me tell you, my mouth is dry. What we got here? Today we sipping on body armor. Now let me tell y'all, I actually discovered these in rehab. They give them to you Try when you're in detox. It's the only time they give them to you. After that, you got to drink um, I get these. sweet tea. I'm what? Powerade. <laughs> so I have been addicted to these. They are made with coconut water. They have electrolytes and antioxidants. Really good for you. My favorite flavor is the watermelon strawberry, but I'm going to keep it real, y'all. If you live in Jersey, you can't get this flavor. I had to order this on Amazon. And this flavor that Shelly got too, this cherry, cherry lime. lime, you can only mm, get yeah, that in Georgia. Good. It's crazy out here. So I've been on the hunt for it. I love it. And I need a sip because, man, she just lit me up. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, <laughs> tastes good. <laughs> ooh, girl, that conversation was good, but dang, like, I think I've had enough. Shelly, we might have to separate for a few days. I think I had my last drop with you. Oh, yeah. What's your last yeah. drop with me? <laughs> dang, dang. My last job would be just to be intentional. Pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to your thoughts. Pay attention to what you're doing. Be intentional in life. So even when it comes to going out on the weekends, right, what are you going out for? Answer those questions for yourself. And it's nothing wrong with having a good time, but have a good time with good intentions. Yes, I agree. I agree 10,000%. And to the end of that, like, we got to drop this city girl mentality, y'all. Yeah, come come harder than that. <laughs> come harder than that. And men, if you spend all that money on a Gucci belt, make sure it work. All right, guys. Till next time, we'll see you. <laughs> Adios.